This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Uh, welcome to Patton Stoop. Uh, still disturbing polls coming out. Uh, I just saw one, a Fox News poll with Trump back at 26, so he went like 24 to 26. And I think... Um, he's down in every other poll, though. Is he? Yeah, he's his... If you, um, if you guys... Um, I don't know if you can pull this up, the Real Clear Politics uh, GOP primary average. Um, and it... You don't know because it could turn around, but it looks mm-hmm. like he's in collapse. It, it, the poll, the graph looks like it's the beginning of the end. Really, this time Uh-oh. he's had a little that bit. Of, this would be great. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll uh, maybe send it over to you guys okay. if you don't have it. But yeah, uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, um, part-time Palm Beacher Donald Trump continues to lead the Republican field uh, in Florida, and Senator Marco Rubio has moved ahead of uh, former Governor Jeb Bush into second place. In the Florida Atlantic University poll, Hillary enjoys a big lead in Florida among Democrats. Uh, she trails Rubio and Bush, though, by eight points, and Carson by 12 in a hypothet- hypothetical general election matchup. So, you know, some, some mixed but pretty good news. On uh, the Republican sample, which has a 5.2% margin, uh, percent margin of error, Trump leads with 31.5%, followed by Rubio at 19. Wow. Uh, Bush at 11.3, Carson at 10.3, and Furina at 8.3%. 59% for Clinton, followed by Biden at 15, <laughs> 15.9. Wow. Yeah. So she's still 40 points ahead in Florida of everybody else. Yeah. You know, by the way, maybe the most shocking number in that entire thing is why is Jeb Bush at 11%? I mean, Jeb Bush ran the state. He was a popular right. governor. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he really should be leading the pack there. 
Should be. Um, but not, you know, Rubio is ahead of him, which, I mean, you know, Rubio's maybe a more current reference. Yeah. But still, it wasn't that long ago. When did he leave office, Jeffrey? Oh, it was quite a while ago. I mean, he's been out of office. Oh, wait, what? maybe? Yeah, at least seven years. I thought it was even longer than that. But still, it's yeah, not like... it might have been. It's not 40 years ago is kind right. of my point. Yeah. Um, maybe that doesn't even matter anymore. I, I, I'm interested... Well, 40 that... years ago, he's about 10. So he wouldn't have been the governor <laughs> then. So. No? Yeah, no. Mm -mm. He wasn't the first 10-year-old governor? No, no. He wasn't. <laughs> I thought there was a story so, about that. No. Mm -mm. Not, 07. Not about him. 07. 07, okay. Very yeah, close. So, yeah, not, not that long hmm. ago. Okay. Uh, also, there's three Republicans at 0%. And you, you wonder, because these guys are at 0% every poll. And it's pretty consistent. So you would think, um, hey, why don't the three of you get out? <laughs> uh, but they, they keep going. The, uh, the three at the very bottom are Lindsey Graham. Uh, and it's weird, because this uh, doesn't... Doesn't list them exactly. Uh, Jim Gilcrest Morlinson. Uh, Gilmore, yes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's Graham, Gilmore, and somebody Kasich. else. And Kasich. Is it Kasich? What? No, it's not Kasich. Jindal? No, it's not Jindal. What did you say? You read, you read it this morning. I heard you I read did. It. I did. Uh, who else is in this that shouldn't be? I mean, there's so many of them. Hillary Clinton? Mm. <laughs> well, right. she, she's in yeah. it and shouldn't be. She's sadly not she registered. Zero, zero of the GOP poll. Huh. <laughs> she probably did. Well, uh, in this particular in, in this particular poll, uh, this is the one I was thinking of, and this is why I'm confused because this one is Jindal, Rick Santorum, and Lindsey Graham. That's ooh, not the one I saw. No, wow, Rick Santorum is no. zero. The guy finished second last time. Why is it happening? So it's a weird phenomenon because you know. Uh, even I'm experiencing it. Uh, I think others in this building are experiencing it. Sure. Uh, Dan Andros, who writes for television, was a was a fan of Centaurum too, and he's done with him. Um, you know, I we haven't talked about him. I, I don't know. I guess that Cruz just replaced him in our hearts and minds. And yeah. now we're like, okay, we've, yeah. we've been down that road. Right? And he's doing some interest. You know, like we talked about him a little bit last uh, last time he was on. He, supporting minimum wage increases. Yeah, he's that's had weird. Some, some positions have actually kind of, I don't know that I actually like those positions. But I, I would I vote for Rick Santorum? Sure. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, yeah. he's one of those lines. Here's the here's that poll, the chart I was talking about. He's one of the lines at the very bottom you can't really differentiate between because they're all about basically at zero. You see that <clears> Trump <throat> is the big blue line that shoots up. But I mean, oh. look at the drop there. Yeah. I mean, I, whether that's real or not, you know, you could see he had a little bit of a drop maybe a couple weeks ago as well, but it didn't, not nearly as big. I mean, you see the drop is pretty significant there. Mm -hmm. um, and you see, uh, so you see the the blue line there kind of at the top is the one I'm talking about. That's uh, Trump. He's at 24. Um, and, uh, you know, look, it's still a lead. It, other candidates would like to be in his position, no doubt. Uh, you see Carson has come off his peak as well a little bit. And you see lines shooting straight up there from uh, Carly Fiorina who is now all the way up to third place. So, the, you know, the red line is Carson. The gray line you can kind of barely see shooting straight up is Fiorina. And underneath that you've got um, a couple of others, which are Rubio and Jeb Bush. Um, Cruz is still kind of there. It probably, I guess he'd be that next candidate. I mean, he's at 6.5%. So the real cool product mm. politics average, in case you're listening on Blaze Radio, Trump 24, Carson 16, uh, Fiorina 12, Bush 10, Rubio 9, Cruz 6.5%. And then after that, there's basically nothing. I mean, Christie, Huckabee, Kasich mm. are all in the 3% range. Rand Paul, 2.3%. 
and then Scott Walker still listed. It's crazy. Kentucky, Santorum, Jindal, and Graham. By the way, the yeah. only one in the real clear politics average. Uh, zero. To get zero. An absolute zero. And then they don't even show Gilmore. Um, the the other three, the three in the other poll were Graham, Pataki. And Gilmore. Ah, yes. Pataki, Pataki. was at, at zero, too. So. Uh, so there you go, for what it's worth. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know how you continue when you... Uh, certainly Pataki's not raising any money. Neither is uh, Graham. I mean, he's got money from his cent campaign. Can you use that for the, for the presidential run? Maybe. Um, but... Uh, uh, that that's going to run out fast. I was reading an interesting article about kind of going back in uh, the history of primaries, and what the the takeaway was is that the real crap heaps of candidates mm -hmm. are not the ones that drop out first. It's the ones who actually think they mm -hmm. have a chance and have an upside that realize crap, I'm not going to make it this time. That are the ones that drop out. And that's interesting because that so like the George Patakis or the Jim Gilmores tend to stick around a long time because they've got nothing to lose. They had no mm. chance. They weren't. They're not actually doing events. They don't have big staffs. They're not. They have no. They don't have a high level of expenditure, and they don't have a downside. They're not. They're not going to run for president in twenty. You know, twenty twenty, um, where people like Scott mm. Walker. Well, Scott Walker's young. He's he's coming off as you know he's a governor currently, but like if he doesn't completely blow up who's to say he doesn't have another chance to come back and run next time when he you know maybe bones up on some of these issues and understands the things he did wrong and learns from his mistakes um you know rick perry kind of in that same although i don't think rick perry's running again it's the same type of thing he actually was a guy who had a chance mm -hmm. and it didn't work and so he dropped yeah. out and but you know the walker thing he had a gigantic probably the biggest campaign out of everybody i mean he was the front runner for a time uh, and believed to be, uh, you know, the front runner in Iowa, certainly. Uh, and he built a huge staff. They had people all over the country. Um, and they had an, a meeting um, before he pulled out. And they said basically, like, look, we've got a fallback strategy. Our fallback strategy is get rid of everything, go all in in Iowa, try to win Iowa. Just get rid of all the side stuff. We put a campaign office in Iowa. We pound Iowa as much as we can, and we run essentially just a campaign in Iowa. And we think the money can probably support that, though that's even questionable. And he was just like, eh, wow. forget it. You know, where George Pataki doesn't have a campaign in Iowa. I mean, like, I, think, I don't even know if he does he even play, pay his long-distance bills. We don't even, I don't even know if he pays that. So, like, it's a different standard for these guys, and I think that's why you see a couple of the good candidates bowing out early. Where people like Pataki, Gilmore, Lindsey Graham, I mean, Lindsey Graham, what's the downside? You know, you might as well stick, you're, you're a complete disaster uh, as a senator, as a mm -hmm. human being. Uh, why bother? <laughs> right. Why bother dropping out? You've got nothing right. else going on in your life. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're worthless in the U.S. Senate, so you might yeah. as well just keep uh, doing nothing. Please, go no, to I Iowa. I thought he was yeah. worthless. I thought he was flying back to Washington to make sure that he didn't, we didn't shut it down. Yeah, he's worthless in Washington. <laughs> I'll say it again. He's <laughs> worthless in Washington. Uh, here's, here's if, in case you missed it, the, f the seven supposed gaffes of Scott Walker's oh. campaign that supposedly doomed him. Uh, this according to Politico. First of all, Mazel Tov. In December, a letter surfaced where Walker had made an unforced error responding to a Jewish constituent by writing, thank you again, and, Ma and Molotov. <laughs> so he meant Mazel Tov. Instead, he said... Molotov, as <laughs> oh, in the cocktail. Funny. I mean, it's it's kind I, of funny. I didn't even I don't hear know about he, it. He probably was doing it as a joke, 
Do you think? I mean, certainly a possibility. Right. Uh, but I will say that I also had never, I've never heard, heard of it. Of I've never heard of that. That did not sink his campaign. Right. Then there's no. number two, the Europe curse. In February, Walker made things worse for himself when, during a trip to Europe, he refused to answer questions on foreign policy. Uh, he said, I think for me, commenting on foreign policy, or in this case, economic policy, in a country where you're uh, a visitor is not the politest. I, I think that's true. That is true. I like that. I, I, th why is that a gaffe? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't super crazy about that trip. Yeah. He kind of was a little evasive, but mm -hmm. still, it wasn't I. I mean, he was still the front runner when it happened. So was that a gaffe? I mean, like, yeah. Number three is absolutely not a gaffe. Absolutely not a gaffe. Won't say if Obama loves America. Why should he? It's not, uh, That's not up to him. He doesn't know. I'm not inside his head. You ask him if he loves America. What, do you, what the hell are you talking about? Why is it Scott Walker's responsibility to answer for whether the president loves America? And I think he clearly doesn't. I, uh, that's crazy. Mm. Here's what he said. I'm not going to comment on what the president thinks or not. He can speak for himself. That's, a, that's, not, that's a not a gaffe. That is not a gaffe. Uh, number four, unions are just like ISIS. Uh, I don't remember him saying that he either. Didn't. That is a poor summary of what he said. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's what he said. If I can take on 100,000 protesters, I can do the same across the world. <laughs> that's not oh, a gaffe. come on. That's, not, that's not comparing the unions to ISIS. That's not a gaffe. No. Uh, number five, firing air traffic controllers defeated the Soviets. Again, he didn't say that. It sent a message not only across America, it sent a message across the world when Reagan fired the, uh, the air yeah, traffic controllers. He, he cited that as, as his favorite moment in foreign policy or something. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, I don't know that it's foreign policy, but, you know, look, he, he, is, he, is that a gaffe? I don't think it's, it's not a horrible gaffe. No, I think he's trying to tie not. in his own experience uh, there, and he probably it was a little bit of a reach. Number six. Okay. Uh, the wall. He said that he wanted to build a wall across the Canadian border. Uh, big deal. So what? Uh, why is that a big deal? I mean, I, look, again, first of all, he, he wasn't, I mean, that, is that going to happen? No. But beyond that, like, was, that is a statement you can criticize and say it's not really realistic or whatever, but it's not, it, did that sink his campaign? That wasn't like everyone talking about that. Maybe, maybe it like turned off certain donors, so they stopped giving him money. Like I, I don't even know. Like this, these aren't gigantic news stories. They weren't dominating the news cycle like some of the stuff Trump said, not or, at all, or some of the stuff Carson said, some of the stuff mm -hmm. Cruz has even said. Like those were like oh little blips and kind of thinking maybe maybe some big donors though said if he's saying that I'm I'm a little hesitant on him. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, number seven, <laughs> also not to me, not a gaffe. Walker was hounded by questions about birthright citizenship after he was asked in mid-August whether he agreed with Donald Trump that the children of illegal immigrants who were born in Amer on American soil should be deported. Yeah, to me, it's about enforcing the laws of this country. Uh, reverting to his verbal tick of saying yeah without necessarily meaning agreement. And I've been very clear. I think you enforce the laws... And I think it's important to send a message that we're going to enforce the laws, no matter how people come here. We're going to enforce the laws. How? How is that a gaffe? He say how? we're going to enforce our laws. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. There, there is maybe one that's a gaffe there, and not a big deal. None yeah, of none these of things are a big from. deal at all. Yeah, and that was a, there's a um, one of the his head advisors came out and was talking about. 
um, well, there's two stories with advisors. One advisor that was his main advisor for the campaign was talking about kind of what happened and said, you know, we, we had a big staff and maybe we overdid it with the staff, but, you know, we tried to prepare him as best as possible. Um, and, you know, he, he said after the first debate, universally, he was rated as a guy who didn't help himself and didn't hurt himself. And um, mm-hmm. which I kind of is where we put him. Yeah, you know? it is like, where yeah, we put him. Know? And uh, uh, but for whatever reason, the he didn't help himself uh, or Doomed he did him? hurt himself is the one that caught on. It's like that bizarre thing that happens sometimes, mm-hmm. like even after debates, this happens where you have, um, you know, or specific comment in debates where it's not a big mm-hmm. deal. And then later it turns into one. Mm-hmm. It's strange like that. The other one was his uh, former fired aide. He had an aide that he fired earlier in the campaign. Because she said some stuff about tea partiers and stuff, sure. and so she was up. So he fired her, and she's been whining about him ever since she left. But she, her claim seemed to be he got out before a big story was about to drop. Of course, really. Now, I don't know. If, I don't necessarily buy it from her. She seemed pretty pissed off at him, but still, uh, that was her. You know, huh. her case. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. Right now, you can avoid a big gaffe. I mean, and this would be a big one. Not being prepared if something happens emergency-wise. <laughs> yeah, you should get fired for that one. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should, and, or you should drop out of life. Your, you your campaign as a right. dad or a mom should end. Exactly. Uh, because uh, right now for My Patriot Supply, you can get a 72-hour kit. You can, so you can be prepared for three days for $10, but only if you call 800-478-8061. That's 800-478-8061. My Patriot Supply, bring you peace of mind, because at least you're prepared for three days with this. Um, now, if you, uh, it's just a hypothetical situation, if you have a coworker who comes over your friend and you think, you know, he comes over to your house or whatever, and you, and you feel that mm-hmm. there's a risk he will eat your 72-hour supply for you and all your children when he's visiting, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? You don't let him come over. You don't let him. You tell him you moved. Even if you... Yeah, you mean, tell him you moved. Even if By the way, Jeffy, I've just moved friend. recently. Yeah. So, Do you know yeah. Pat and I both <laughs> moved? We just both, both to, moved. Uh, a, you know, to a place uh, where we can't even find. No. We're, we're, we you don't can't even find know where, where you live? Can't yeah, find you it. can't. I can't find it. You can't get there from here. So, so dang it. Huh. Yeah, so oh, you can't well. come over. Mm. Uh, get your 72-hour kit for only $10, <laughs> including shipping today. Call 800-478-8061. That's 800-478-8061. for the 72-hour kit. Free shipping. Call now. It's my Patriot Supply. Not just food, it's freedom. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.
727 Beck. It's uh, Pat and Stu. I got, we got to show you this Hillary thing because uh, I think it's fantastic. Hillary was asked on uh, Don Lemon. I think this is Don Lemon's radio show. I think it's it's or the is Tom it, Joyner morning show. Tom Joyner morning show. Is Don Lemon on but the Tom Joyner morning Lemon, show? But Don Lemon, I think it was or co or hosting, he's hosting for or him? something for him. Okay. Yeah, so he's on the Joyner show, but it's Don Lemon, and he's talking to Hillary, and he asked her a really good question. People have been saying on air here, and I've been reporting it on, on CNN, and I've been reporting it here, that you were the person behind the birther, the whole birther thing, and that um, that you were the president, was senator at the time, president-elect, actually confronted you about that. Do you care to respond? Did you, did you or your campaign start the whole birther thing? And did you have that, a, so, that confrontation that with is, the president? No. That is so no. ludicrous, Don. You know, honestly, I, I, honestly, I you don't just know what that believe <laughs> that, uh, first of all, it's totally untrue. And secondly, you know, it's the president true. and I have never had any kind of confrontation like that. You know, this okay, that's is a lie. That's a freaking lie. You can tell that in her voice. of what's wrong with, uh, you know, instantaneous... Wow. Uh, uh, reactions and Americans getting all worked up memo. and people feeding prejudice and paranoia like Donald Trump. And, you know, obviously all of us have to stand against it. And, you know, I, I have been blamed for nearly everything. Uh, that was a new one to me. But, uh, you know, Wasn't a uh, new I'll one to you? And talking about <laughs> incomes rising and wow, she's making like, college affordable and uh, making, making all affordable. of the positive changes that we have to be worried about. Oh, she's Why? just terrible. Why? She's you just, know, let's be honest about it. She's just terrible. Oh, she's, she's horrific. Oh, and she's, she's such... An absolute liar, Bad. and it, and she's she lied several times. There, she and Obama have never had that kind of confrontation. We, I, I could play you audio from the campaign that mm -hmm. disproves that immediately. That was in front of cameras. Uh, they had that confrontation. Oh yeah. That, oh, they hated they each other. They were not fans. Hated each other. That's such a stinking lie. And she would do anything to win, and everybody knows it. Yeah. And for her to roll it off like, oh, come on now, I love that man. I would never do anything to harm him. Yeah, and by yeah. the way, think uh, back. The, the picture we just showed you. Can we put that picture up again? The, the picture that was uh, the placeholder there for that audio clip from uh, the Tom Joyner running show with uh, Don Lemon yeah. hosting. The picture, the reason why the pictures are like this is because the picture of Obama there um, is from... Um, I can't remember what country it was from. It was in the, the Middle East. It was East, from Kenya. So. It was it Kenya? Yeah. And uh, oh. that picture was circulated by, by the, the Hillary, Hillary campaign, campaign to reporters yeah. to, hey, hey, guess there, what? Look at this. Look and there's at this. no question about that. Everybody yeah, knows yeah, that. There was that, a 2007 that. memo I read extensively she, from the other day on this program and right. on radio where she, she did that. She outlines the strategy of making sure that she's constantly setting herself as American because there's no way a, uh, uh, this country is going to elect as president uh, someone with this little of a history mm -hmm. of being an American during wartime. This, this was their strategy. This is not some crazy thing we're making up. And it's been documented for years. I mean, yeah. these are not even new accusations. The idea is you're like, well, this is a problem with instantaneous media. Instantaneous media, this is a 2007 memo. Yeah. This is a story from 2008. <laughs> Uh, this is long, long gone. And they dug that up from his trip to Kenya when he was, I don't know, I think it was in the 90s. He and, uh, I think he and Michelle went back to Kenya to visit his roots, visit his family, and he dressed up in the garb while he was there. They found that photo and started circulating it to create the impression mm -hmm. that he was Muslim. Mm -hmm. And then they started the birther stuff. 
I mean, when the, when the when that didn't work, when the Muslim thing didn't take hold, they went to the birther deal. Yeah, they went to the birther thing not only on Barack Obama, but also John McCain, who was born right. in uh, the, uh, the, a base in Panama, Panama uh, and they tried to use the same thing against him. Yep. Um, uh, these, you know, I mean, she's despicable. She's just she is really horrifically despicable. And look, if you're a Democrat, you do not care uh, in any way that she's despicable. Nope. It's like the basis of your party. But you do care that she's mm -hmm. a terrible interview. She's a terrible candidate. And she can't seem to get these things to go away. Again, there's a whole slew of stories yesterday. Insiders of the campaign over and over again saying it's getting frustrating. She can't get rid of these controversies. She just can't seem to find a way out of them. She can't seem to come up with a good answer to anything. Mm -hmm. It's because she's awful. She's a terrible, terrible candidate. Well, and she does being, so many uh, bad things that how do you get out of everything? Right. You uh, can't. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I think if you're comfortable with today's Democratic Party, you're comfortable with her doing terrible things. You're like, <laughs> you're kind of like, ah, yeah, she's going to break some laws. She's going <laughs> to ignore the Constitution. She's going to lie a lot. That's all kind of part of the game if you're going to support someone like Hillary Clinton or any of these candidates the Democrats are running. But when you go beyond that and you say, hey, she can't get herself out of it. Barack Obama pretty much got himself out of most of the stuff mm -hmm. that he had. And even Joe Biden. Joe Biden can come out and say the TV was invented in like 1492. Right. And he could still go on and be vice president of the United States. I'm he not can, joking either. He, yeah, and he's not Literally. joking. I'm not joking. And that's always his thing. I'm not joking. <clears throat> Literally, there are, there are, you can't go into a 7-Eleven without running into these Indians. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the deal is, but they're everywhere. She had some other great answers, <laughs> Barack too. Obama is the first... <laughs> Clean, uh, good-smelling, good-looking <laughs> African-American. Yeah. I mean, that's Clean a storybook, cut. man. A, and How he gets do out you of get that. out of that? But How do you get out of that he racist He gets statement. out of that because he's, amazing, he's able. He has that thing. Yes, he does. You know, he's got that. You know, people say it's Joe being Joe. But he's not the yeah. only politician who can do it. He can do it. Seemingly better than a lot of people because he's just so out there. And he there. really doesn't have to say anything because nobody... Oh, yeah, oh that's gosh, just sir. Joe. But I, I think maybe that... Weird. If you were to try to boil this down, a gun to my head, if I had to come up with some sort of solution to this, I think a big part of it is she's just... She treats the press more poorly than other Democrats do. Mm -hmm. So they are annoyed by her. And their average work day is disrupted by how irritating yeah. she is and her campaign is with them. So they yeah. don't give her the benefit of the doubt as much. They don't they don't argue True. for her as much, at least right now. Um, so that may go away. When it comes when to the general, general, it will yeah, go I think away. It, I think, I, think that right. will. I do think you're right on that. Yeah. Although I was that you just brought up a great point that kind of just popped something in my head, which would be a really fun, interesting moment. The moment if two, these two things happen and neither of them are particularly likely at this moment. But if, if Joe Biden gets in and wins, right, and mm -hmm. then in addition, we get a run from Bobby Jindal, and then you have a debate stage in which the guy oh who said, gosh, hey, all these Indians are everywhere. What's that'd going on? Yeah. Do you, you can remember. Can you think of the lines Jindal will come up with oh. as the 7-Eleven candidate, uh, <laughs> as a guy who's a Rhodes Scholar uh, and is running a state and has to deal with he's going up against a guy who great. thinks all Indians just run Dunkin' Donuts? Ah, oh, that'd be great. It would that be would be great. That would be a fun one. Yeah, it would. That would be a fun one. He would destroy Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Dan Rather talking about uh, Brian Williams. Apparently, these guys are friends. I, I, I didn't know that. And, uh, and Rather is talking about the return of Brian Williams. What do you think of Brian Williams coming back tonight as a breaking news reporter covering the poll? Well, you know, I, I wish him well. Brian's a friend of mine. And I wish him good luck and wish him well. And 
Glad to have him back. Definitely, definitely. I mean, Thank you. you think all, all reporters can make mistakes? I mean, you know, there, there was a, he had a six-month suspension. Well, of course, everybody makes mistakes. And, uh, I think the main thing is behind him now, and he's, he's moved into a different place, and I really hope he does well with it, and I think he will. I, I, I like that the reporter's trying to get him yep. yeah. to, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what, admit to mistakes in the past. That's yeah, TMZ, right? Do we really yeah, need yeah. to travel down that road with, like, 90-year-old oh, yeah. Dan Rather? Well, do we need their, that? They want their controversial moment, yeah. as they usually do, which is, uh, that's I mean, just sad. They I wanted think. Dan to walk away. We all lie. I, you right. know what? I, I honestly don't have any problem with Brian Williams coming back. People I don't are treating this as big, this big controversial thing. It's like, you know, he guy works for NBC News. Yeah. Literally on his... I would say literally, to, use, to quote Joe Biden, you put lying on your resume to get the gig. Like, mm -hmm. wh why else did they hire him in the first place if they didn't want him to lie? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do there. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what? I, I fry chicken McNuggets at McDonald's. That's what you do there. Should be on a Geico commercial. <laughs> lying at NBC News. That's what they do. <laughs> that would be Giving 15% discount on insurance. That's what we do. I will say, they make that commercial. I'm switching to Geico. <laughs> I, I am going for it. I don't care if it costs a double. They make that commercial. I'm going to Geico. Uh, it's kind of interesting, too, because Rather is going to be featured in a a new movie with Robert Redford playing him. Have you seen that? No. Oh, you read really? about that? You that I did not. Yeah, Dan Rather plays, uh, or, or Robert Redford plays Dan Rather. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Interesting, and I, I don't know what the gist of it is. I, th I think it's the end of his career there where he... With the memo. And yeah, everything. with the memo. Oh, gonna, are they going to try to rehabilitate him from that? They seem to be. Because yeah, they the seem whole to be. Because yeah. Rather went to the premiere of, of the Redford movie and loved it. And so the so, truth. so what they're saying is the uh, truth. Yeah, it's not his fault. Mm -hmm. And Bush really was a draft dodger. Sure. And you'll get that. Yeah. Why not go back? You know, that's the thing I will say that uh, the liberals do well is they they'll just keep going. I mean, even after the story's well out of the news, they're still trying to change the history of it. They're still pushing with their little talking points until it's true. Till most people believe yep. it's true, they'll keep making their movies. They'll keep making their their tilted documentaries. They'll keep writing their history books and tilting things. You know, the Washington Redskins is a good example. They'll just never stop with that. If, if Fifty years from now, if the Redskins are still the Redskins, they will still be writing things about how hateful the Redskins' name is, even after all the history has come out and we know that they did it to honor the team and blah 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 blah. It'll still keep happening. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. Meanwhile, the uh, Brian Williams uh, debut didn't really set the world on fire. He finished third beyond Fox and CNN. Uh, he averaged 526,000 viewers. Uh, Fox, meanwhile, had 1.17 million and, uh, and crushed him. So I, I don't know that it's going to make any kind of a huge impact anyway. So triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's uh, Pat and Stu. 
What was the quote from Hillary you were just reading us during the break there? Because <laughs> that sounds fascinating. More from the Tom Joyner show on her little roundtable chat. Oh, uh, by the way, it was a roundtable discussion, right? So Joyner, Joyner was there. Yeah, Sybil uh, Wilkes, uh, Don Lemon, Don Lemon uh, was Jack there. Reed, Roland Martin. They <clears throat> okay. were all just asking her questions. And uh, Roland Martin asked uh, her about uh, support for small businesses owned by African Americans and women. Her answer was, I particularly want to be the small business president for women and minorities. Oh, you know she does. You Come on know now. she does. Oh, my gosh, yes. She wants to be the president for the small people, for the little people. Because she can relate to them so well. Because uh, <laughs> they only have $150 million in the bank. She knows what it's like to be broke. She knows what it's like. Man, they were dead broke coming out of the White House where mm -hmm. they only had... Tens of millions at that time. And, well, and hundreds of now millions, it's hundreds you know, of millions. down the road. Yeah, they, knew, right. I mean, you they know, were looking forward to hundreds of millions, but at that time, they only had tens of millions That's of dollars. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they made it. I don't know how they made it. Well, that's why she's such a, she's such a warrior for the middle class. For the middle right. class. And that's yeah. why she's uh, she, particularly uh, involved in the social justice reform campaign. I mean, because we ought to be looking well, at that's uh, true. what we're going to lead on social justice by admitting and taking on systematic racism that we still face in America. Good for her. And I, I love the college, the lower college rates or something. Um, isn't that the responsibility of, I don't know, the colleges? <laughs> Who sets the price? Uh, yeah. the, colleges. the colleges. So the Republican Party no. does that? No, no? they don't. Okay. No. That's the president actually has nothing to do with college rates. Mm. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Let's just say... Uh, he can't do anything about it. He can't even do an executive order that says, I demand that all colleges lower their rates by 10%. He can't do that, or she can't do that. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Well, let's just say uh, the Ford Escort was the only car available in America. Okay. The Ford Escort comes out, and they've got the Ford Escort, and, and Ford <coughs> prices it at $275,000. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, uh, we all clamor all over ourselves to pass bills to force banks to give lower uh, return, uh, uh, lower um, interest rates, so that students can afford to buy the Ford Escort at $275,000. Mm -hmm. And no one seems to bring up that Ford is charging $275,000 for a Ford Escort. No. Maybe all, they should lower their price. They're all pissed off at the banks. They're pissed off at the banks because they charge 2.9% <laughs> instead of 0.9% in interest. And I love that she keeps saying that the Republican Party isn't saying anything about lower, lowering college tuition rates. No, why would they? What are they going to do about it? Well, because they don't control. They, they, they don't control that, and neither do you. Certainly, private colleges they they would have no say in at None. all. But I mean, I think it is actually completely. I think they should start saying that. Hey, uh, by the way, just so you people freaking understand that, they, <laughs> I don't set the prices for colleges. Yeah, I wish. Do. I wish so. They, they should lower their prices. They really should. Do they need the? I don't know. Three, four billion dollar endowment. Is, do they need that? Maybe they. Maybe they. I don't know. Don't 30. have that. Thirty-five billion in, in the, the case Harvard's of Harvard. Case, yeah, it's thirty-five billion. Uh, I think uh, UT, it's something like twenty-five or twenty-eight billion. Maybe, maybe that's on them. Maybe, maybe that's maybe not on me. On maybe them. that's on them. Yeah, you know, maybe. maybe maybe that's uh, yeah. They can do that themselves because <laughs> I don't need to. I, I, I a don't control. I mean, again, uh, you know, Harvard's a private institution, and I can't tell mm -hmm. Harvard uh, <laughs> what they should charge for uh, tuition. Okay. Uh, but they, if they give a crap about the stuff you keep saying they give a crap about, maybe they should lower the prices. Well, uh, it, Harvard has so much money banked right now. They have, you know, this endowment that they could have, they could run the school at its current rate of students, which is whatever, the, the 10 or 15,000, whatever they have on campus, 
and they could allow all 10 or 15,000 that come there every year to go to Harvard for free every year for 25 years. That's how much money Harvard has. And they don't need a single dime from any of them. Right, and of course, they, if they did that, they would get lots of dimes from their uh, alumni. Yeah, they who would. would. Who would funnel yeah, they money would. into it yeah. for doing that. And they do give some, obviously, there's scholarships, and they do give some people uh, big breaks. And, and uh, you know, I'm not, like, I, on, the problem with this is I don't actually think Harvard is, is evil either. They could charge whatever the hell they want for their college. Right. You it's their to, damn you college. You don't have to go there, for one thing. Yeah, don't go there. Don't you know go. go there. Don't go there. They could charge a zillion dollars a year and have one student. Who cares? It's theirs. Mm-hmm. Why are we involved? Well, if you're going to whine about it, though, you should at least talk about what the actual problem is. And the problem is, of course, uh, the colleges setting their rates extraordinarily high. Not to mention the vilification mm-hmm. of lower-cost options by the left. For things like for-profit education, which you might not be getting Harvard, but you get something that's affordable and and uh, and something that is a little bit easier to build around someone's schedule. There's a lot of that stuff that goes on, you know, where you've got you could do courses online and all those things, and those things are vilified by the left because they're not, uh, I, I, you know, they're not in their sanct- there's sacred halls. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the problem with college costs is obviously the tuition set by the university mm-hmm. that is their fault specifically it's got nothing to do with the damn rates the rates are already low and they already forgive you for I mean, banks already forgive student debt uh through uh more they have less what i should say they should have more lenient policies with student debt than almost any other kind of debt they give breaks to students that they don't give to other people opening mm-hmm. up a business you don't do that Right. There's all sorts of breaks, and there's already lots of things in the law that are, make those loans, uh, which is, of course, why the rates are so high. It's why tuition is so high. If you give them zero interest rate, and the people don't have to pay it for 9,000 years, and when they need to pay it, a lot of times they can get out of paying it or delay paying it, well, mm-hmm. of course they're going to be able to charge more and more and more and more. It's the same thing that happened with the housing crisis. When you lower the rates to zero for 900,000 years and don't, don't respect the market... Everyone's got five houses. The stripper that Steve Carell is dancing with from the trailer we showed yesterday still has five houses and a condo. That's how that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing happening in healthcare. It's the same thing happening in, in universities. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it can, can Republicans articulate this? No, no. Apparently not. Apparently they can't articulate anything. Uh, also, a little flashback here. Tomorrow is a uh, frightening day. Tomorrow begins climate chaos. It was the 500-day countdown that the French foreign minister gave us 499 days ago. So 499 days ago, the clock began ticking down to what is now tomorrow and climate chaos! Oh, no. Ah! Oh, no. I'm, I'm so afraid that tomorrow... Well, climate chaos, uh, you know, the planet begins to burn. So be look prepared. At, look who's here addressing it, the Pope. And the Pope is here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Letting you. us know, hey, climate chaos is tomorrow. tomorrow. A little, I probably should have got here a little earlier to get this addressed. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here yeah. now. But Can So let's do something about it yeah. today. Mm-hmm. we got to fix this thing today because uh, Laurent Fabius 
uh, said we have 500 days to avoid climate chaos. And I know what President Obama and John Kerry himself are committed on this subject. And I'm sure that with them, with a lot of other friends, we shall be able to reach success in this very important matter. So, no, they couldn't, because I don't know that we've done much uh, to avoid the climate chaos that's upon us. Uh, D.C. crowds were cheering, the uh, wildly cheering Pope Francis. And uh, yesterday, with Barack Obama, they talked about climate change, immigration, inequality. Uh, and he signaled he would not sidestep issues that have deeply divided America. He was enthusiastic in his... In, this is great. Enthusiastic in his embrace of Obama's climate change agenda, specifically praising the president for taking steps to reduce air pollution. In a firm message to those who doubt the science of climate change, he said the warming planet, planet demands on our part a serious and responsible recognition. No, it doesn't. Accepting the urgency, it seems clear to me also that climate change is a problem which can no longer be left to a future generation. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. Mm. It's unbelievable to me. I, how are you a religious person? How, how are you a person who believes strongly in God and his creation here? But he didn't make it durable enough to withstand us? Uh, if I could just, uh, God is very flawed, really? Pat. He just didn't think I, of these things. He was like, oh my gosh. I don't think that's Whoa! true. Whoa! Is that a bigger car than a normal economy car? See, I only saw, I only saw bicycles. Wow! I didn't realize oh, no. SUVs were coming. Uh-oh! <laughs> oh, are you burning all those rocks I put in the ground? The black ones? That's You're not what they're them. for. They're for decorations and necklaces. <laughs> what are you guys doing? You squeeze them really hard and diamonds come out. That's all they were for. Oh, my gosh. I should have put uh, that in the Bible. Or I, thought, I didn't think anyone would pick them up and start burning them and making civilization and having people live a lot longer and, and not be in poverty, struggling their whole lives. I was... Oh, no. Oh, wow. Boy. Did I... Oh, oops, boy. Oopsie. I... Wow. Yeah, I, I should have thought that one through. That's my bad. Sorry. But now reverse all of your progress. I don't buy it. I just I don't, don't, I don't buy, buy it either. I mean, are we supposed to be good stewards? Yes. Damn, and, yeah. and we have been. We've cleaned up the planet so much more than it was in the 70s. Yeah, certainly. But I mean, oh my what gosh. better way to be a good steward of the earth than to, to create a situation in which... People thrive. Thrive and come out of poverty and live longer and cure diseases right. and all the terrible things that have... Does anyone want to go back to those days? The answer, of course, uh, always no. is no. No. Now we have places where people who are, who are, uh, who are um, victims of tyranny around the world are mm -hmm. able to actually communicate outside of their, of their uh, you know, uh, countries that were before now. Mm -hmm. It was impossible. They're able to communicate. They're able to uh, start political movements that free people and allow people to, to uh, do things on their own. I mean, it, uh, this has all come from capitalism, and it's all come from uh, industry. Uh, industry and fossil fuels specifically. Mm -hmm. And these things are gifts from God. They're, they're in the ground. This is not a, a magical thing. Like, we didn't come up with some chemical that we're burning. This is a freak. We actually took rocks from the ground and are burning. They're fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven. back. More patents to it coming up. Yeah, well, also on top of it. climate chaos, mm -hmm. uh, this weekend we have a super moon lunar eclipse. Wow. That's okay. a big weekend. So, climate chaos, chaos, chaos. Uh,
888-727-BECK. Uh, it's Pat and Stu. Um, huh, we, uh, we've got a For the Record Power Grid Attack uh, sec- segment coming up. In um, April 2013, Power Grid Attack happened where gunmen opened fire on a California substation near San Jose. A total of 17 transformers were damaged at the facility uh, that provides power to most of uh, Silicon Valley. Hmm. And uh, for the record, delving into that, here's a look at that. You know, the bad guys have conceived the idea that you could win a war, not necessarily by going after adversaries' forces, but by going after the critical civilian infrastructures, the most important of which is the electric power grid that supports those military forces. It's, in effect, like hitting our central nervous system. Gunmen stormed the PG&E Metcalf substation. Snipers stationed across the highway opened up firing over 100 rounds into the station and knocking out 17 giant transformers. This is the most significant attack on the electric grid that's ever occurred in the United States. In the early morning hours of April 16, 2013, after cutting a series of internet cables and phone lines, a group of up to six snipers using AK-47s unleashed a 20-minute volley of gunfire into a massive energy transmission substation near San Jose, California. The fire from the AK-47s, which is a uh, the favorite sidearm of terrorists and rogue states, you know, was accurate, aimed fire. They knew just where to shoot at the transformers to cause to, to cause maximum damage. Just knowing. The idea that you have to attack transformers indicates that you're dealing with people who know what they're doing, because most people don't know what transformers are and why they're important. The FBI continues to classify the attack as an act of vandalism. But in February 2014, John Wellinghoff, the former chairman of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC, went public with his concerns over the incident, telling the Wall Street Journal that the attack was the most significant incident of domestic terrorism involving the grid that has ever occurred. Wellinghoff saw this as his practice run for a larger operation so that you could come back uh, in a crisis or a war and attack a lot more substations and do it successfully. San Jose substation, by the way, services the Silicon Valley. You could have had cascading failures uh, that would have blacked out perhaps the whole west coast of the United States. It has happened again. Vandals are to blame for an internet outage in Alameda County. This time they cut two fiber optic cables near Livermore. Investigators believe the suspects may be responsible for 16 incidents throughout the Bay Area this year. Wow. This is very... uh, That's pretty chilling. um, uh, Mr. Robot-esque. Yes, it is. uh, If you have seen a series on USA, which is kind of like trying to shut down the system... Uh, you know, you could totally believe the elf or alf people. Uh, again, not the it's not the Christmas and eighties sitcom, but uh, environmental and anim, uh, animal liberation front. 
um, that could be behind something like this. This is uh, mm-hmm. the, the idea that it's vandals. It seems really peculiar. You're going to have some. Oh, you know, it's, it's not vandals. No, no, vandals no. shooting uh, AK-47s well, for 20 not. minutes. But even these these cable cuts, I don't buy the vandals. I don't either. You've got to be a. a a construction worker to get to where the wires are to begin with, mm-hmm. let alone just, oh, I'm just yeah. kids out for, what are these kids out just for a walk? What difference does hey, it make do you now? Wanna, anyway, do you want to ring doorbells and run? <laughs> or, or should we slice the cables for the entire <laughs> Western infrastructure? In this huh. tunnel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't hey, should we shoot our AK-47s for 20 minutes or should we put poop on somebody's doorstep <laughs> and light it on fire? Considered to be a major foreign policy, uh, po- uh, you know, sort of a policy paper, except mm-hmm. he did it verbally, um, high level, uh, intricate, and detailed. Oh, finally, uh, yeah. good, mm-hmm. good. Uh, we have it here. You talking yeah, about some of the yeah. details? Are you, are you ready for it? Okay, yeah. This is foreign policy. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. Okay, because he's talking about Marco Rubio. A lot of people say Marco Rubio because he's you know very high, you know he's involved in the committees. He's, right. You know, it's probably one of his uh, highest profile expertise is foreign mm-hmm. policy. Um, so Trump, uh, so Trump says this about Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio wants to tell every single thing that he knows to everybody. So that people on the other side, so that the enemy can learn all about it. I want to be unpredictable. Now, he has been unpredictable, so that's, that's good. He has. Yeah. He says, I know more about Syria than Marco Rubio knows about Syria. I know about beating ISIS and trying to knock out ISIS and them mm. wanting to go against Assad. And Assad saying, I can't believe it. Americans are killing my enemy. This is the greatest thing happening to me. Huh. I understand wanting to be unpredictable with the enemy and not telegraphing that, but for the voters? Um. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Why are you leaving out words? Why don't you just say what no, the No, I'm saying said. every word. Every word. Mm-hmm. Uh, just making sure I get them in the right order, which is the, the order that he said them in. When you're mm-hmm. quoting someone, that's what you do. Uh, then he says, look, Marco Rubio sits behind a desk sometimes, and he reads stuff, and he's in committees. That's all he does. I create jobs all day long. Mm. I know more about all of this than all of them put together. Believe me, we'll have a winning strategy. So you don't know what the strategy is, obviously. But if you just believe him that it's going to be a winning strategy. But no, you said there was a lot of detail there. Did did you not think that was enough detail? You know, I thought it might have been somewhat lacking in detail. Mm. Somewhat like it seemed to be more detail about uh, what Marco Rubio does all day. Right, it's kind of interesting. I was, uh, I you mm. know, sometimes you read a headline and you're like, oh come on, he didn't actually say that because the headline to the story is, um, uh, Trump. I know more about Syria than Marco Rubio because I create jobs all day, and that makes obviously no, no sense. sense whatsoever. And I no. was like, oh, he didn't actually say that, mediate. 
No, no, no. You kind of did. Look, Marco Rubio sits behind his desk sometimes, and he reads stuff, and he's in committees. That's all he does. I create jobs all day. I know more about all of this than all of them put together. Believe me, we'll have a winning strategy. He basically said because he creates jobs all day, he knows more about Syria than Marco Rubio. I don't. I mean, I... I don't think that was a bad headline. I think they actually nailed what he said. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. I got to say, Donald Trump is not my guy for president. What? Yeah, I know. I know, right? I know. Is the Blaze... As detailed, as intricate, as all of his policies are, as complex, I don't understand them. You know, maybe that's what it is. They're just too complex for me to get. Mm. I don't understand it. He's got such a mind, and he knows so many things that I just can't comprehend it. Well, this is, you know, this is you. This is antiquated Pat Gray, Mm -hmm. the type of guy who doesn't think dress codes are racist. You know, that's the type of thing that you do. It is. Uh, Normally, I don't believe that dress codes are racist. So I just want to make sure I understand. The eighth grade girl Mm -hmm. at a private school in Utah who was told to remove her dreadlocks, (laughs) uh, you're saying that was not racist? Uh, No, because the eighth grade girl um, was white. So there she is. That's her. Hmm. That's the eighth grade girl. Uh, So Casey Cunningham, remove those dreadlocks, please. Uh, how's that racist? Because it's against the dress code, and yeah, but she's she's, she's white. She's a white girl. She, yeah, but yeah, so. but she's exploring her Hindu beliefs. Her so. Hindu beliefs? Yeah, is she's she? part of it. This, the dreads are part of mm. her spiritual journey in which the young teen is exploring her Hindu beliefs. Is it, and is it part of um, Hinduism to have dreadlocks? Yes, uh, it is. Yep. Oh, Buddha had them too. I didn't. Yeah, I, was, not by the statue. Uh, he was bald. He was bald. Uh, so, but that's because someone at school made him shave off of his really? dreadlocks okay. because of so we've been racism. racist against them for a long, long, for time. a long time. This is not the first time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Judge says um, this is the uh, the the mother, I guess. Um, says she respects the charter school's guidelines, which obviously she doesn't. No, because that's their guidelines, no. and you're not respecting them. Um, she doesn't believe her daughter's hair is a distraction. Says she shouldn't be discriminated against. Discriminated against. Not only have they been racially profiling my daughter because she happens to be a white girl with dreadlocks, but it's also taking away the rights of my daughter's religious belief and her spiritual journey. You know what it is? It's those, it's those Mormons. Yes! It's those Mormons. It's every problem. Every, if, 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 Jeffy, how many times have we said this Almost together everything privately? We've said, back we've said the same Mormonism. thing, and I'm glad yeah. you're on board. Yeah. Because Jeffy and I have been saying this constantly behind Heavy? your back. Heavy oh, my really? God. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well <laughs> just say it to me because I believe it, too. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You know what it is, Pat? It's, what? So it's Mormons. Mormons. It's yes! Mormons. That's what you we were saying. It it's, that's what we were saying was it's the you Mormons. You know what's happening is they're seeing this little white girl, and they're thinking, look at that. Mm. She's got dreadlocks. Well, let me give you this. I don't like white girls with dreadlocks. You want me to drop the facts on you guys? Okay, go ahead. You want me to drop the facts? I'll drop the facts right on top of you. I'll drop the facts on your head, and then your head will will feel the facts hitting it. Wow. And you don't want that that to happen? Are they heavy facts? They're extraordinarily heavy facts. Okay. Okay, this girl, white girl, white uh, girl. she's she's mm-hmm. being forced to get her uh, dreadlocks cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, r- uh, Mormon presidential candidate Mitt Romney committed a haircut, a travesty, a travesty, a sham, a mockery, a travesham mockery on a person that we don't really kind of know what the situation was, but it seemed bad. It was reported by the media. Mormon haircut, and, another Mormon haircut. And that kid had dreadlocks. 
Do you, prop right? baby? Right? I don't know. I don't know. In 1962, I, I, I bet he did. I, I, yeah. Yes. I bet he was the first dreadlock hairdo guy on yeah. the planet. Yeah, I got news for you. When you have no hair, no dreadlocks up there, mm-hmm. it doesn't pad the falling of the facts on your head. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there. Yeah. yeah no, me, we dropped it. You we dropped it like it was hot. We got him. Is what you did. We, we got him. Uh, so there you I go. I think I got a headache. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that, Jeffy. Because you deserved it after that, after your denial. Oh, man. Um, so uh, this is the problem here, Pat, is not, of course, uh, you know, the people who are ignoring policies or not, uh, you know, making claims of racism uh, just frivolously. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. Mm-hmm. The problem here is we don't pay our teachers enough. Did you know that? I didn't know You that. didn't know that. No. That's the problem. There's a lot of things I don't know today. <laughs> yeah, what's your deal? A lot of things. I don't know. What's your deal? Um, did you know? Again, I don't know what I don't know. Mm. You know, but you but you do you know what you don't know. But I'm admitting that I don't know. Is it a known known or a known know. unknown? It's an it's an unknown known. Unknown. It's unknown to me, but it's known to you. <laughs> it's apparently. known to me. Uh, one of the things you've been seeing on Facebook uh, about teachers and evil CEOs mm-hmm. and hedge funders. Uh, this thing's been passed around like crazy. Oh, hedge. Can I help you here? Yeah. Do you, hedge fund managers. Yeah. The twenty-five top ones. <laughs> yes. The 20, there's only 25, <laughs> 25 of the top ones. Yep. They make more than all kindergarten teachers combined. That's wow. We, that's I mean, you're not even after. on Facebook yet, and you are. You no. know this claim. Know. That's it's why we that, need to go after them. This is a known known to This is me. a known known to Pat. And there are 48 billion kindergarten teachers. If they only made a dollar, they'd make $48 billion. So So we decided to look into that claim by Hillary Clinton. What does it mean? What is the art? What is she trying to do there? And we did that on the Wonderful World of Stu season premiere this past Friday night, 8 p.m. Dropping it like it's hot. The top 25 hedge fund managers make more than all the kindergarten teachers in America combined. This is the new fancy argument coming from Hillary Clinton and every third person you see on any social network. On the surface, a lot of people feel like this is a real injustice. It's not. It makes sense. And I'm proud to live in a country where it can occur. First of all, the comparison is complete nonsense. The first giveaway is the use of the long existing tactic of false equivalency. It makes no sense whatsoever to compare the elite of the elite of the hedge fund industry with just the average kindergarten teacher. If you really wanted to make an honest comparison, you might compare the average kindergarten teacher with the average hedge fund worker. Unfortunately, this creates the minor inconvenience of completely destroying your argument. Let me explain using digital Apple Jacks. I would use real Apple Jacks, but they're expensive, and I'm definitely not bringing down hedge fund money. The average kindergarten teacher makes $53,480 per year, which happens to be higher than the median household income in this country, but I digress. The average hedge fund worker earns a little over $400,000 per year, slightly less than eight times the average kindergarten teacher. Yes, it's still more, but it's not 6,320 times as much like Hillary Clinton wants you to believe. That underestimates how flawed this comparison actually is. A hedge fund worker is at the top of the food chain when it comes to investment banking. For as important and lovely as kindergarten teachers are, 
you wouldn't necessarily name them as the top of the food chain when it comes to teachers' earnings. The average full-time private college professor earns about $139,000 a year, or about one-third what the average hedge funder earns. However, a speech punctuated with, hedge fund workers earn about three times as much as equivalent workers in education, isn't getting you the same amount of applause. But no matter how much you slice it, hedge fund workers earn more than teachers. It's true, and it makes sense. If you desire to be extraordinarily wealthy and you choose the path of a kindergarten teacher, you are an idiot. You probably can't pass your own class. One gets into the world of hedge funds looking for the maximum financial reward offered by society. You become a teacher for a different kind of reward. Perhaps you love children. Perhaps you want to make a difference in your community. Perhaps you want schedule flexibility. Paired with an above average salary, It's a pretty enticing package, but it's not a package that's going to win you a yacht. There's nothing wrong with that. Studies show that teachers in general work about 12% less hours than other professionals per day, and that doesn't factor in summer vacation. Hedge fund managers are known for working endless hours and making strangers of their families. Yes, I know, many teachers work very hard for lots of hours, and some hedge fund managers are lazy, worthless a-holes. I get it, we're talking about averages here. Do teachers provide more to our society than hedge fund managers? Well, maybe the good ones do. Great teachers impact their students in incredibly meaningful ways. But so do the crappy ones. Looking back at my life growing up in middle-class suburbia, there were definitely standout teachers that were a positive influence on my life. There were also a lot of awful ones. Of course, the same is true for hedge fund managers. But think about this. All the worst hedge fund managers combined don't earn as much as one kindergarten teacher. That's because the worst hedge fund managers earn zero, nothing. If they invested in their own fund, they might even do worse than zero. They have to deal with risk. As you introduce risk, you introduce a stronger reward. Working in the field of education provides stability. Investment banking provides higher risk and higher reward. I want to live in a country where that high end is possible. I don't want to live somewhere that everyone makes the same amount. That's been tried several times, and the results are a country as dull as the architecture, and often very bloody. Amazingly, the exact policies that could result in great teachers earning more and closing these gaps, such as pay for performance and more private control of education, are the policies the left and their union supporters oppose. The bottom line? When someone says the top 25 hedge fund managers make more than all the kindergarten teachers in America combined, respond appropriately. Good. For. Them. So to review, yes, hedge fund managers make a lot of cash, more than all kindergarten teachers combined, and that's okay. It's probably the only thing that makes sense in this mixed-up world anymore. If you want a yacht, don't go into teaching. If you love kids and you like a comfortable lifestyle, then go into teaching. It's nice. And I will work for digital Apple Jacks, which are just as delicious as a real thing and calorie-free. So uh, that's a that's an awesome, awesome rant. And and it's so great when you can stop a minute and think about what they're saying and how stupid it is and the false equivalency they continually throw out there. And they put up these straw men arguments. And it's just so easy to set them on fire. And, and nobody ever does, though. 
And so they, they, they continue to win elections by saying things like, it's the social justice of the top 25 hedge fund managers making more than all kindergarten teachers. What a stupid comparison. Mm. Yeah, and that's been... You know, the top 25 hedge fund managers are all billionaires. They're all making a billion dollars or more. They're all worth more than a billion dollars, would be my guess. The top, what, four or five kindergarten teachers are billionaires? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the top four or five. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, yes. I mean, you work at a really nice private school in a kindergarten. Maybe you're making two to three billion. Yeah. Right? Probably. Rare. But not, that's it's rare. rare. It's rare. Okay. That's not rare. common. That's kindergarten not common. teachers, like you said, pay it 53 grand a year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a know, good salary. It's a good it's, salary. It's a, it's a livable salary. Yep. You're, you're not picking food out of the freaking dumpster. Mm-hmm. You know, shut up. Yeah. I just, I can't, I can't take it. Yeah, and it's like, can't take you it. see the tricks that they use. They use them. All the time. All the, the time. The idea that you're, because what you're doing when you combine all of them together is you're talking about the average. The average is 6,000 times, um, the, the top hedge fund person is 6,000 times as much money as the average kindergarten teacher. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah that, 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 that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, why are you even comparing why would those you compare apples them? to those oranges? Because you know no one's going to put that together. You're right. And 99% of the public is going to be like, wow, that's unfair without thinking about it. So pathetic. And, you know, you could oh have eaten gone for I mean, I, I just kept it in the world of investment banking but really i mean if you went in banking in general the numbers i mean the average banker versus the there's just not an upside there's not that super mega upside for kindergarten teachers unless you want to take the ones that like created airborne (laughs) it wasn't a kindergarten teacher who created airborne to make a lot of money you need to like come up with some invention because that's the way you make your money when you're a teacher that's not what it's designed for it's kind of like saying the top speakers in the world like hillary clinton Make about $400,000 an hour. Compare that to your average public address system speaker. <laughs> yeah. That's more than all of them combined. Yeah. All of the rest of the public address speakers combined make less than Hillary Clinton's one speech. I mean, it's asinine to make that kind of comparison. It's just unfair and stupid and pointless. Wow. Uh, but it is September. And it, in fact, it's coming up on October, and wow. so we are deep now. We are knee-deep into the football season. Yes, the Philadelphia Eagles well on their way to the first Super Bowl championship. Uh, and, you know, At first 0-2? championship since really? 1960. <clears throat> At 0-2? Uh, a little well bit of a hill to climb. Huh. Uh, what, a little yeah. bit. A little bit of a hill to climb. Well, the right. first thing they, they needed to do was take into out, a, a hole. They needed to take out Tony Romo first. Uh-huh. Which they did. And they did. Uh, I see what you're saying, though, because they're making the rest of the league a lot more confident. Oh, well, they're all And then, now, bam, they yeah, don't see the Eagles them coming. When you don't expect them, you're like, hey, who's that crappy team that's 0-2 and has no chance of going anywhere? <laughs> oh, no, they beat us! <laughs> you know, hopefully that happens. So time. while you're enjoying your football, uh, your tailgating party, your party in your backyard, you got some friends over, you want to cook something delicious, maybe some hamburgers, maybe some steaks... We have the perfect way for you to do that with these grills mm-hmm. uh, from Mangrates. They're uh, Mangrate cast iron grills. And these grates turn your average grill into a steakhouse quality appliance immediately. They're fantastic. I mean, they bur- it burns really hot. So you sear on. Sear in the juices and you evaporate the oil and fat. Yeah, the most important awesome. part of your grill are the grates. I mean, you know, people yeah. don't even think about them. They think about what kind of heat really they're don't. using. But when, you know, mm-hmm. with these things, they take they take uh, the heat. They evenly distribute it. Uh, they have the whole system with the the the, the way the juice and the oils uh, kind of go off into the into. The, I don't know. I don't know how the, the atmosphere works. and create global warming. 
Well, I don't think that's really true, but uh, <laughs> I will say that the food cooks really well, and uh, no matter whether you're cooking, the atmosphere is full of everything fats from it's just uh, full of fats, that, yeah. saturated fats, polyunsaturated fats. Thanks to mangrate. Of mangrate. Um, but everything from uh, <laughs> steaks to uh, turkey burgers to hamburgers to uh, vegetables, veggie burgers, the crap that I eat, uh, it all tastes a lot better on mangrate on a mangrate because you're using the professional quality. Uh, equipment and you're paying way way less especially now with a 30 percent offer you get a 30 percent discount when you use the promo code blaze at checkout it's just it's awesome yeah jeff you're not eligible though no sorry but uh everybody else you actually price. you put it in yeah. they actually charge you 30 percent more <laughs> everybody else though gets 30 percent off so go to mangrate.com slash blaze mangrate.com slash blaze It's Pat and Stu. Okay. I've about had it with Ahmed and his cute family Whoa. here. I just, I'm, Whoa. I'm done with this bull crap. I, uh, finally, at least he's admitting it's racism. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no kidding. You know. So stupid. Kid brings a, a, a bomb to school. It looks like a bomb. It's a pseudo-bomb. It's not a bomb, but it sure as hell, and everybody knows it looks like a bomb. doesn't look anything like a clock. Why would you take the guts out of a Radio Shack clock and put them into a briefcase and bring it to school and plug it in? Why? Why? Only right there. That's right there. There it is. Right there. Right there. Right there. We see it. We, we okay. See it. Yeah. All right. So you, you know where it is? Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. And so he brings this thing to school. Uh, it was it was great in one of those uh, MRC segments. Um, uh, what's his name? Dan. Something or other who does those segments on Dan Joseph on, on uh, college campuses goes out to college campuses and asks people questions and they usually screw it up badly. Well, he he took a picture of that of that clock to uh, college campuses because you know all these kids are are mooning over Ahmed and Ahmed whatever his name is and thinking oh he was so wronged it's only because of the racist Texans. And there, there Islamophobia that he got into any kind of trouble at all. So Dan Joseph goes to a college campus and shows him a picture of the clock. And he asks him, what's this? Almost every single one of those college students said it looks like a bomb. It looks like a bomb. Why? Because it looks like a bomb. That's why. And, and yet... The family of Ahmed, Ahmed Mohammed, 14-year-old student arrested for bringing the homemade clock assembled inside the small case to school, has retained a high-profile attorney to pursue Ahmed's legal rights and regain his science project from the Irving Police Department. I, I can't take it. I can't take it. It's funny. It's, it's, um, by the way, uh, as you see here, the racist cop in the background uh, who's completely racist against people of color. Yeah, I hope you noticed that in the photo. Right. Um, look at him, I just looking so at him like I don't like people that aren't white. That's, you know, that's right. What he's that's what the, what's what those white cops always say. They, and look at that right. guy. Look at, look at him. Look at him. He's <laughs> he's like Casper the Friendly Ghost, white that guy. Uh, but you know, it's such a uh, <laughs> such a ridiculous thing, and, and it's it's part uh, of the problem uh, with our society as a whole right now, as far as politics go. Look, the honest thing that should happen here is let's let just let's just look at this rationally how a rational society might look at this kid comes in 
uh, gives a puts a bomb on uh, the thing that looks like a bomb uh, on the teacher's desk. Teacher react, reacts. Maybe maybe they overreact. You know, maybe maybe they reacted appropriately. Maybe they shouldn't have freaked out. Maybe you know because other teachers didn't, right? But okay, they did react. They called the police department, uh, and the police department comes, takes the bomb, puts the kid in handcuffs. Uh, a couple hours later, the kid is free to complain to the media. Right. Now, the first media reports come out and say, kid in Irving, Texas, uh, arrested. He's Muslim because of bomb. He just brought a clock. He's a science student. Oh, look, I, we all actually... All of us were like, wow, Every that sounds terrible. One of us yeah. were pissed. We were pissed. Yep. We were pissed. Because this is, by the way, the conservative story. We, we, when people bring in Pop-Tarts and they're not actually mm -hmm. guns and they right. get you know, suspended because we they like, look at guns, we're the ones on. that are pissed off about that. that was an ob and the reason was because we were shown something that wasn't what he brought to school. Right, exactly. We, we hadn't seen the clock, real clock And we yet. thought, okay, that's ridiculous. Right. So what? You did that because he's Muslim. What did we do? When we got the additional information. And it happened right here on the air. Happened right here on the air. We saw the clock for the first time on the air. Like, and we wait, said, wait a minute. Wait, that, that's not the clock. That's not the clock, is it? What it's is that? A... That looks like a bomb. <laughs> it and, was the clock she brought. Right. So what we <laughs> oh, did is to say, man. look, it's understandable that they went to this step. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if they had beaten him to death in the jail, in the police okay, office, then you gotta, we, we would have been you, upset about it. Yeah, you but have a, to take issue. a precaution, mm -hmm. to take him away, couple to investigate hours. what's happening for a couple of Took hours, out, to inconvenience him. Big it's deal. not blatant racism. It's the no. net. It's the understandable thing to do. And I think the Irving PD would say, "Look, you know, we we responded to a call, not from us. We didn't see it and even react. We got a call from someone who was worried about it. We went, we checked it out. A couple of hours later, everything was back to normal. That's not a normal society. But yeah. the left can't. Now that they've gone down this road, that the president has tweeted about it, that the president made this big deal, they can't back off their mm -hmm. moronic assumption that proved to be obviously incorrect as soon as you saw this picture that it was just an anti-Muslim prejudice thing. Mm -hmm. So they now they're in it and they can't back out of it. I'm willing when I when I find new information to change my mind we do to it back all out of the it. Time, it happens Stu. because you need we do to it do all it. The time. Human beings are because supposed we're to freaking do that. Into a preconceived notion. Who's close-minded? Who's close-minded? They are. Clearly. They are clearly. Now the president is going to praise this guy and call all police. Say they're acting stupidly yet again. Yep. Essentially making no same mistake. He had no information, and he obviously was wrong. Everyone looks at this. The video you, you talk about is another uh, example of it, where you walk up to people, you show them this, they're going to freaking think it's a bomb. Yep. Of course they're going to react. And a couple of hours of inconvenience over a life-and-death situation for a bunch of children is not too much to ask. You're right. If they, if they tortured the kid with pickle forks all day, you know, until he's bleeding out of every orifice. Uh, yes. Okay, then you've got, to, you've got a case of a discrimination. Sure. If, if they kicked him until he was dead... You got a case of discrimination. Yeah. None of that happened. None you of that happened. You spent an afternoon at the PD right down the street here, and uh, it's a nice place. Uh, they didn't beat him. They didn't torture him. They they didn't withhold water from him for 16 weeks. Uh, they asked him some questions, which, by the way, he was uncooperative at school, yeah. which is why they took him to the police department in the first place, because he wouldn't answer any of their questions. They kept asking, okay, because this could be the timer. There's clearly not an explosive device in this. But if somebody else brought another component, which was the explosive, 
Then you got the timer and the explosive, and you got a problem. They kept asking, did anybody else bring anything? He wouldn't answer them. Do you have anybody working with you here? Is this just the clock? Is that all this is? It's a clock. It's a clock. That's all he would say. And so they took him down to the, the police department. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. It's his fault. They plotted this. They planned this. They wanted this. And there's other things about this kid and his family that can't be said. Uh, but it's staggering stuff, and and, and it would, it turns the whole thing around. And yep. yet, this kid's going to the White House to meet the president. Yeah. And you know, look, we're in the middle of the story because a, it's Irving, it's the town we're in currently, uh, current where we're broadcasting from. Secondarily, the mayor of Irving came on Glenn's show, and mm-hmm. the left is freaking out over that, yep. losing their mind over it. They can't believe she would do such a terrible thing at going to Glenn Beck's program. And it's like, look. You know, now they're locked in. They can't say Glenn Beck was right. Right. They can't reverse themselves and admit the blatantly obvious truth that what happened here was not an international incident of prejudice. It was an incident in which, you know, people were being safe. I, I, you know, I always look at this when I look at these things and I look at it, by the way, um, we have a lot of conservatives get freak out about certain things like this. And, you know, I always look at it the other way. What if it was about what would the reaction have been if this kid brought in this thing, they took a picture of it like this, they let him walk around school with it, and it was a bomb. It blew up and killed a bunch of children. We all would have said, what idiots the police yeah. were. Oh, yeah. These oh, morons yeah. saw that thing, and they let this kid walk around all day with it? Mm-hmm. Are you crazy? Yeah. Of course There'd we be, would have all said that. And it, so, there'd be lawsuits. There'd yeah. be... So to, to judge it outside of that, to act as if the police had the perfect information at the time, to act as if they all should have known this was a clock and not a bomb when a clock is part of a bomb. That's part of what you do when you're setting a And by bomb. the way, this is not a clock. Yeah. It's a timer. Yeah, he set it to count down to an alarm. Yeah. Good Gosh, this thing from start to finish is so unbelievable. Let me give you this, too. Uh, Would you consider uh, this clock to to meet any of these qualifications? Um, An object that appears out of place in a crowded or public area. Yes. Kind of, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, uh, An individual exhibiting strange or abnormal behavior. Do you remember all the individuals that come in with bomb-looking clocks in your school? I don't. No. How about exposed wiring or other abnormalities? Let's see. Yes. Yes. Uh, Those are some of the things you look for from the, this is what happens to be the Michigan Police Department. When you're looking for terrorist threats, Mm. those are things that you look for. Those three specific things. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that didn't meet those criteria? And yet, here's the family and why they're retaining attorneys. The fa- quote, the family wants justice and to ensure no family will ever have to experience what Ahmed went through again. Well, you can do that by not bringing uh, what looks like a bomb to school. That's, was, what, that's was, how you avoid it. I'd like okay, to know, kids? was he arrested 12, 15 other times no. when he didn't have a bomb? No. A uh, bomb-looking clock, excuse no. me? Uh, which did he, no. Every time he comes in with a, a you know, looking Muslim, does he get hauled off to prison? No. Because I would assume every day he comes they in looking Muslim. They don't beat him Muslim. with sticks every day mm. either. Mm. They don't do that. Interesting. So. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. Mm. Mm-hmm. Aggravating? You bet. You bet. Mm. We're counting down the top fifteen. 
most profitable movies of all time based on return on investment. Yeah, it's just kind of an interesting list. By the way, I've seen this list about 20 different times, Yeah, and uh, it's different every time. I don't know what the difference in really? measure is. I feel like they're, they're constantly different. But well, this we, is based on return on investment, so right. you've got to take into account how much it costs to but make. But there's so many different things. There's marketing, is that included? True. There's overseas, right. is that included? What else are you including in that final total? I'm I'll, thinking this is just domestic, right? I will say the number one, and we won't give it away yet, but the number one movie on this list is always the number one movie on this list. Oh, really? Which is kind of interesting. No matter how you measure it, this wow. one is almost all... I mean, I've never seen a list where this isn't number one. I mean, and there have been some darn profitable movies like... Uh, well, let me see if it's on the list first, because I... Well, I, and, and as you're uh, looking for that, Pat, I would say that yeah. one of the distinctions of this it's list, not, I would say, is sort of more wide God, releases. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's not like you made a $4,000 movie and it made a million dollars, which well, probably me, has happened to... Let too. me ask you something. Isn't that kind of the case with the first Blair Witch? Didn't yeah, that, didn't it cost twenty five thousand and made one hundred and forty one million? Yeah, why is that not on the right. list? Like, well, yes, and I'm not you know not give it away. That is not on the list. However, I, that huh. might be that maybe it wasn't. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. It's meant to, it's a list from Mental Floss this time, I and mean, they usually handle these things pretty well. Yeah, uh, actually, and number fifteen is a movie about the life of Jeffy. People don't realize that this it's not his name was not Mike in Magic Mike. Mm-mm. It's actually mm-hmm. Jiglin Jeffy. Uh, which is his his life as a stripper, uh, male stripper early on, and that's kind of that's uh, played by uh, what is it uh, Channing Tatum now? Uh, that's kind of. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, did you get any cash for that, or they just kind of? It's like a documentary about your life. They asked. I said yes. It's okay. that simple. I... <laughs> Magic Mike uh, budget of seven million dollars made eighty nine million, or about ninety million actually. Uh, nice return on movie. that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King's Speech. King's Speech cost fifteen million to make, made hundred and ninety six million dollars. Wow! I saw that okay. on a uh, on an airplane once. It was pretty, it was a pretty good movie. I liked King's Speech. It was good. Yeah, it, was it was certainly good. well done yeah. and an interesting story. Nineteen ninety one's Beauty and the Beast cost twenty mil to make, profit. Two hundred eighty-seven million dollars. Yeah. So this is Holy profit, cow. not profit, not. Um, and this is another distinction: profit, not uh, actual gross. Yeah. So this is actually they're saying the profit of these movies for this was this big, and that's yeah. kind of that's wow. amazing. Okay, last year's Annabelle. Uh, I don't even had remember. a budget. I don't either. Six point five million. It made ninety-eight million. Was that about any part in your life, Jeffy? <laughs> Jeffy had a. Uh, a brief Caitlyn Jenner brush, and it was called Annabelle. Well, we'll tell you no. about it later. Um, uh, Jaws in 1975 cost, uh, and this is, I believe, um, adjusted for inflation, $12 million. Profit, $222 million. That is a nice return. Uh, 1992's Reservoir Dogs cost only $1.2 million to make, made $22.4 million. I mean, that I, doesn't sound impressive. but No, it does not. I would say that. I would have bet that money. That movie made more money. I would have, that. too, because it's, it's considered kind it's of a, a classic. It's a cult. Now. It's a yeah. cult. Uh, it's big. Movie. Yeah. Again, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm not understanding the way this list is structured, but, like, Reservoir Dogs made about 22 times what its budget was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, res- and then uh, um, our next one is It's a Wonderful Life, which made 20 times what its budget was. And here's We're the thing about home. It's a Wonderful uh, Life. This isn't first run. So yeah. they must be including, like, everything. Yeah, entire run. Yeah. Uh, um, made $60 million in profit, but the budget was only <clears throat> $3 million inflation adjusted. Okay. But again, that's because that was a flop when it first came out. I, so it's, I think bo- yeah. box office-wise, it was a flop. And it came out in the summer, too, didn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that one of the things about it? I yeah. don't know if that's actually... That's a Glenn Beck, it could be a Glenn Beck fact, I'll be honest. It about. might be. Uh, Young Frankenstein, uh, 1974. Uh, $2.8 million budget, $57 million in profit. I would have not okay. have expected Young Frankenstein. Uh, me neither. Uh, Insidious in 2011, $1.5 to make, 
profit, $34.4 million. And that's uh, Blumhouse, which is mm. something we've talked about them before. They make a lot of those horror movies, and uh, with smaller budgets, yeah, they make big money. He's done well. Yeah. He's yeah. done well. Yeah, he's built something over there. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, $1.5 million budget for Insidious. That's Didn't he also do the next one? To, yep, and he did the next one as well, Por- Paranormal Activity 2. Which had a three million dollar budget and seventy seven million dollars wow, in profit. Uh, so this this is kind of one of the reasons why he's doing well at the moment. Now we get to a Christian movie called God's Not Dead. Uh, came out in twenty fourteen. Not mm. one of my favorites, but still uh, did really well. One point one million uh, to make made a profit of thirty one point three million. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Greece, of course, in 1978. This is uh, huge. $6 million budget, inflation adjusted, uh, profit $184 million. Wow. That's nice. That's nice. 1953's Peter Pan had a budget of $4 million, made $139 million profit. Hmm. Uh, the Devil Inside is a movie I honestly do not remember. Uh, 2012. Uh, looks like hmm. it's a, I mean, just looking at you know, the, uh, uh, it, it, may, it may be appropriate with the Pope in town. It looks like one of those sort of like exorcist sort of things where it's like mm-hmm. you've got the the, the uh, demonic possession type of thing. I don't know. I've, I guess that's what it is. I don't even remember the movie. Made it, it was only made for a million dollars, but uh, $37 million in profit. And then the most profitable movie of all time came out in 2007. Yep. And again, it it's is at the list. Top of Jason list. Blum. It is again Jason Blum and at the top of these lists every single time. Paranormal activity. It cost 450000 to make. Four fifty, not even half a million dollars. It made eighty nine point three million. <laughs> that not is bad. awesome. Uh, that that'll. That's do why it. that co- that co- that guy's a superstar right now. Yeah, everybody wants to do something with him. Yeah, they just and, and they made uh, they just did really well with uh, the yeah. one you see. Yeah, M Night right? Shyamalan. Yeah, uh, coupled up the visit got to get got together with him for the visit and, and it was uh, hugely profitable. Really um, doing well. Yeah, it did really 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 yeah. well. It's it's, I, it's not one of my favorites, but it really did well. It's a great formula though. They they're able to uh, you know they. Instead, you, know, you give artists the control over their product mm-hmm. and don't uh, breathe down their neck all the time. Mm-hmm. You give them uh, enough money to make the movie, but not uh, gigantic for, you know, uh, tons of special effects and craziness. You just tell a good freaking story and get out of their way. Right. And, what do you, and then you, you realize that you market it well, and all of a sudden you're making, on uh, a $3 million budget, you're making $100 million. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, it's a great formula, and it's worked really well for them. Now, yeah. not just in horror. I mean, they've expanded too. They, uh, Whiplash was theirs as well. If you remember that movie, was nominated for Best Picture last year about the guy, oh, right. the drumming, uh, yeah, the drumming kid, student, yeah, who's mm-hmm. when the guy berating him all the time. I mean, it, you know, which was again a great movie and, mm-hmm. and not a huge budget, and uh, it did really, really well. Yeah, yeah, really cool. That's interesting. Paranormal Activity, though, always the one up there. Blair Witch is an interesting one though, because I remember the same story. It's like twenty-five thousand to make. Yeah, I should look that one up because I don't know exactly how they're measuring this. If it's, I don't either. You know, I don't know. It seems like. That maybe one is the open. marketing cost too much for the yeah, maybe for the profit margin. I don't know. Uh, more pet and stew coming up. We got a spoon segment on the way, Ooh. which I know you're very, very excited about. Us being able to eat your throat. time kind of today it's not really a, a normal spoon segment but you know we like hearing jeffy say spoons 
<laughs> so we played the audio anyway. Um, actually, um, it's kind of an article based on Vo- a Vox uh, story, which um, normally we don't base anything on a Vox story. So likely whatever they're saying here in the story is Untrue. the opposite of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is that donut holes are getting actually smaller. Smaller. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, I, but I would think for donut eaters, that would be a good thing. Yeah. Because when you are when you have a larger hole, you have less donut. Right? Mm-hmm. And well, so... you do have a bigger hole. I think, here's what I would say. I, I kind of like the thin donut idea. I think we should go back to it because then you can you feel like you can eat more of them. You know, yeah. you can eat like a hundred donuts. Well, I feel like I can do that anyway. Really? Yeah. You're good at eating donuts. I can do whatever I want. Um, and Vox, I do. Vox and says, that's what's led here. <laughs> uh, that is not an advertisement, is it? You're not. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, 1918. It's uh, not a positive. The uh, donut girls brought donuts to soldiers. Uh, okay. One poster showed donuts as they were. We donut holes were then shrouded in legend. It probably exists up to fr- uh, to uh, help fry the donut more evenly. Without the hole, the center of the donut would end up more raw than the outside. Right. As the machines improved, starting in 1920, it's possible it became, it became easier to make donuts with smaller holes, and they become smaller over time. Now, of course, to illustrate the point about donut holes... We brought in donuts. We brought in uh, donuts without holes. Oh, my gosh. No, they have holes in them. Oh, but they have holes, sorry, but the, yeah. the donut hole is not present. No, the donut well, hole. Well, I mean, the donut hole the is The hole is present. present. Right. If, if, you, if you buy a box of donut holes, you don't have anything. Right, that's nothing. You, you just Jeffy's been holes. fooled by that one many times. <laughs> what are you talking hey, about? Hey, Jeffy, here's a $100 for these donut holes. He buys them and then you, you do, there is such a thing as donut holes. <laughs> no, that's the, what was, that but was, really what not. was here. They're just the donut. What do you mean they're really the, not? They're really not donut holes. They're not holes. This is a hole right here. There's nothing there. Yeah, that's a hole. I can see you through. Right? I can see your face through this thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, the, what, so what would you call them? Donut middles is probably. Think of the size of the donut yeah. middles then on the, if the outside was thinner. Oh, yeah. Right. Then right. you're getting basically a whole donut out of the donut holes. They're not donut. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not donut holes. I will say. What would you, donut middles isn't really right either because they're their own donut. So it's just a donut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a non-hole donut. Is actually the right name for donut hole. The right name for donut holes is a non-hole, no-hole no donut. Right. I'm, I'm letting you guys work. No-hole donut. I'm just yeah. Eating. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it would be. So we've come to the conclusion. I think in this segment, we like donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a clay. I like these. Just like a donut preference. I like these fluffy donuts better than the cake donuts. Do you? Like for example, here's a cake donut. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a blueberry one, it looks like. Ooh, but that's But good. these are, like, more solid in the middle, you know what I mean? Come like eat you, it. Let me try. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the cake donuts, you have to have some sort of liquid to share with it. I you mean, don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. you got to dip it in milk or... These mm-hmm. are, like, more substantial. Like, the cake yeah, donuts... it's almost like, like eating cake. Mm. Which I support, you know? by the way, uh, as a general <laughs> principle. But my point is, though, like, I feel like you could eat, like, a hundred of these things. Like, you these, can. like, they're going to, like, after a while, they're going to be... Gonna have. After, after 20 of those, <laughs> you're starting to think, maybe I should stop. But the, the other ones, I mean, by, by the time, you know, you hit 30, you're still good. Because <laughs> you've essentially eat, eaten nothing, right? Right. A little bit of dough that's been I fried. Mean, I'm so saying, what? That's just, mm. I've seen it A little happen. glaze on it. <clears throat> yeah, I've heard tell that could happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Meanwhile, according to the Daily Mail, uh, there's a farmer who's pissed off in Northern Ireland at Brad Pitt. He's been accused of terrifying chickens. And other farm animals with loud explosions and gunfire during the filming of his latest movie. Bastard. I know. I know. Who does he think he is, Brad Pitt? He thinks he's Brad Pitt. That's who he thinks he is. Yeah. And he's 
actually right about that. <laughs> he is Brad Pitt. The Hollywood star is currently producing action, uh, the action movie Lost City of Z in the rolling hills around the picturesque village that, of uh, Ballygully. Oh, is that uh, World War uh, Z? Yeah. Is, that is that a sequel? Yep. No, it's not related. It isn't? He made a World War Z and a, the last city of Z? They're not related. Oh. I got That's kind of cool. No, Since then, though, get um, two Z <clears throat> movies. Landowners claim bangs, gunfire, and explosions have driven their chickens, cows, bulls, and horses daft. They weren't daft to begin with. Did you have smart <laughs> farm animals before this, and now they're not? There are people who claim farm animals are smart, yes. Uh, farmer Jason McKillian said horses had tried to escape their fields, bulls had charged into farm workers, and his chickens flown off in fear. Started last Monday with bangs, gunfire, and small explosions, and then on Tuesday the bigger explosion started. They shook the house and windows, and the boom echoed through the glen. My neighbor's horses were in the field near the film set, and they went spare, trying to jump the ditches. On Wednesday, there was another explosion, Stu, and my animals mm. went daft. Oh, the chickens were squawking, and the dog was outside barking and shaking. That never happens if there's not a movie going on. Mm. Never. No. Um, you're just ruining all of the donuts. Why? I just is there to a reason for that? I just wanted to try them all. Oh, is that <laughs> one mine? It is yours, Jeffy. You're right. You know he'll eat it. No, he won't eat it. I just dropped it on the floor and I took a bite out of it. He's not going to eat it. He'll eat it. This is still a fresh donut. He'll eat it. Hey, Jeffy. (laughs) (laughs) Not only did he eat it, he actually ate it from the place I bit into it. Right. And on the floor, off the floor. I'm still fresh. I mean, there have been farm animals on this floor. Oh, they've cleaned this floor since then, haven't they? No. No. They've actually never cleaned the floor. (laughs) Never happened. Let's ask them specifically not to clean this particular floor. Yeah. There's a couple of murders here. So that when we drop things on it, <laughs> we can give them to you and you can eat them. Uh, in our last couple of minutes, we should discuss, I think, an important story. All right. Happy birthday. You know you can't sing happy birthday because it's, it's well, it's true. Like, you can't, you never notice that you go to, like, a, a you know, like a Chili's type of restaurant. It's always some dumb thing. Like, happy, happy birthday to you, to you. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> what, what happened to you? We all like the fact you're here. We're having another beer and a little cheer. Happy birthday to something like that. You. Uh-huh. I hate that, by Kinda the way. Kind of like that. Don't do that. Forget Don't do that anymore. Oh, that's, that's really so good. 90s. Yeah, right. It's, uh, so anyway, it's because you can't go. Happy birthday to you. You can't do that because it's not in the public domain. Someone owns the rights to that. You have to pay for the rights for that particular product. Until now. Until now. Uh, CNBC reported uh, District Judge George H. King ruled that Warner Chappelle uh, Music, Division mm-hmm. of Warner Music, owns the copyright on specific arrangement of the wildly popular birthday song. Otherwise, traditional tune and lyrics are part of the public, public domain. domain. So they own a specific recording of it, mm-hmm. but they don't actually own the song anymore, so now you can sing it. It's like you can't say, you know, Super Bowl, all these weird little restrictions you're not supposed to do. Right. You know, whatever. I just want to eat another donut. <laughs> you know, continue to wreck all the donuts really for, for everybody. Really good. For everybody. This is our segment. That's true. That's true. But usually, it's a little known fact, after our segment ends... You should watch the piranha descend on this food. Yeah, well, the piranhas can back off. The piranha There's descends one on the food. predator fish that usually wins that battle, and you just showed him on the screen a second ago. <laughs> Let's see him. Let's see him again. The predators can back off today. Maybe we can close with him. Those yeah. I mean, look at this guy. I mean, look at that. 
You don't want to get near that when it's feeding time. <laughs> You'll lose an arm.